Well, if you brought your Bible with you tonight, uh, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9, and I want to give you a, a sermonette here because we try to do an abbreviated service, and uh, doesn't mean, does, it doesn't mean it can't be powerful, full of life. Anytime you read the Word of God, there's truth, there's life, it'll set you free. You're all bound up tonight. Uh, this would be a good night to be set free, and there's enough time because God can do a whole lot of things real quick. Come on, do you believe that he can? Uh, do you expect God to speak to you tonight? I know sometimes people come with family and different ones that, uh, you know, in a service like this and sometimes get nervous that I might, you know, maybe not about me, but maybe Pastor Allen would do something charismatic or something. And, uh, and uh, oh, my, 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 my parents are here tonight. Oh, don't do anything that's really out there. And, uh, and uh, I'm making no promises. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna just gonna flow with what the spirit of god wants us to do tonight and uh so if you're if you have your bible uh like i said isaiah chapter 9 and let's take a moment and pray father in the name of jesus we thank you tonight for every person present for everyone who's here thank you for the spirit of life and joy and victory we're celebrating christmas the coming of jesus Oh, so glad we are. And this is a day of rejoicing and celebration. So thank you for speaking to every heart. May every soul be lifted. May every life be uh, filled with life tonight. May everyone go out of here with, uh, with joy in their hearts. Relationships better than they were before. Lord, our mental uh, just outlook on everything. Be better than it was before because of the message of goodness and of love that you've given us. In Jesus' name, we thank you for this. Amen. Isaiah 9 and verse 6, 9, 6, says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of uh, the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this notice that Jesus here this is a, of course a prophetic word calling Jesus a number of things one I want to point out is he is called the prince of peace all right that that phrase that terminology is oftentimes used this time of year on Christmas cards and a lot of different sayings, he's called the Prince of Peace. We need to understand what that means. Uh, many times uh, during this season, like I said with the cards, people are declaring peace on earth. And uh, at, at the same time, when we talk about him coming to bring peace on earth, we know that Jesus himself prophesied in Matthew 24 that in the last days there would be wars and there would be rumors of wars yet we've got the prince of peace coming to bring peace and yet saying in the same breath that there will be war and there will be rumors of war and they will be ever increasing in the last days it almost seems like there's a contradiction of prophetic utterance here what is what's it going to be Lord peace or war is there going to be peace or is there going to be war there is going to be both and we are living in a time where absolutely the prince of peace has done his job he has come through and he has showed up on time to bring peace but we must understand what that means because war is very present among us 
okay? Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Let's read over here as well. Luke chapter 2. Even in the days of Jesus, if you think, well, Prince of Peace, that was for his time. That was for the days that Jesus walked on the earth. Well, how many know he lived in very tumultuous times as well? There was not peace on earth. In fact, Israel was subject to the nation of Rome. And they had a lot of turmoil. There were wars. There were rumors of wars even in their day. And so it wasn't that Jesus showed up in Bethlehem and all the world went, that's better. All of a sudden, just like that, my life is better and the whole world is at peace. Absolutely, that wasn't the case. Yet the Prince of Peace had shown up on the scene. How are we, how are we supposed to take this? Okay, and so he came to bring peace. Where is it? Everybody in Luke? Okay, hold on. Luke 2, 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is for, uh, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. You think they still do that? Yeah, get ready, get ready, get ready. And they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What's coming with Jesus? He said, peace. And he said, goodwill among men, right? No. no, he didn't say, thank you, someone was right on me there. He didn't say there would be peace among men. He, Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, didn't come so that your family would get along better. Jesus didn't come as the Prince of Peace necessarily so that nation would all of a sudden get along with other nations. So that everyone would be in complete harmony and we could sit around and sing Nice songs together and, and everyone would like each other. Because if that was the reason that Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, he failed. Are you listening? If that was his objective, objective to calm the earth, then he didn't succeed in that. But what he came to do is bring to peace toward man. What does that mean? That it started with God and ended with man. Before that time, was there peace between God and man? The answer is no. Okay? The reason there needed to be a, a prince of peace and peace sent toward men because there was conflict between God and all of mankind. And mankind had sinned and was quite good at it. You know some of those folks today, don't you? Uh, they just and they're really good at, it, and it causes a problem between them and a holy God. God is righteous and pure and perfect in every way, and there is no chance for a sin-filled being to stand up in His presence with confidence and boldness and even survive. Do we know that? There had to be something done to fix it. There had to be peace made. You see, whenever there's uh, trouble in the earth today, uh, oftentimes uh, people are blaming what is happening on God. But we need to go back to this time of year, about 2,000 years ago, when peace was made. Before that time, ooh, it was 
There was trouble in the land. Come on. I tell you what, people were, they were at odds with God. And God is a God of love. But how many know he's a God of justice? Justice has to be served. Justice must be accomplished or God would be unjust and he'd be like sinful man. So God being a just God must carry out justice. And there's only one way for you and I not to be wiped out completely. There has to be peace made somehow. All right? Because my sin deserves wrath, deserves judgment, deserves punishment. And unless someone can come in and step in between and make peace between God and me, I'm toast, man. I am toast. But thank God for Christmas, man. Thank God the Prince of Peace came. What did he come to do? make peace between God and myself so God could look at me he could look at you and no longer see your sin but see justice has been served but see that peace has been made so they don't have to be wiped out they don't have to be separated from from me anymore amen amen and so uh, we would oftentimes we might say that if the U.S. is at peace with another nation there's simply no attacks and sometimes people say well I don't know what I did wrong but I oh, mean I must have been I've been rebelling against God and so God slapped me with cancer. I've been rebelling against God, so God took my job away. God broke my car down. No, no. Peace has been made between God and you. You could sin. Now, don't take this as a license. You could sin all day long. Stick your finger in the face of God and sin. Rebel against Him. And He's not going to strike back. Because in between you and him is the Prince of Peace. He's made peace between himself and you, so you no longer have to be judged for your sin. You know, a lot of times people these days oftentimes talking about judgment. Judgment, judgment this, judgment that. Everything's about, well, America's got to be judged, and there's been a lot of sin in the land. And, and, uh, and then they refer to certain acts like Katrina and all these different things and say God's just wiping out sin in America. And, and, uh, and, and no, that's not really what's happening here. Okay, because here's the deal. Yes, there's a lot of sin, whether you're talking about New Orleans or Boise. Uh, well, are you talking about New York or San Francisco or where, where we want to go? There's a lot of sin across our country and then across our world. If it were all to be called into account like that, how many know we're all gonzo? We are toast. Unless someone can step in and all of that wrath and all of the judgment could be placed on him instead. What a good idea that would be. Wouldn't that be awesome if someone could just take our place so that we wouldn't have to be held accountable for everything, every sin we've committed? His name's Jesus, isn't it? And all judgment has been placed on him. Say, isn't God going to judge America? God already judged Jesus. He judged him. Put our sin, put all judgment and wrath upon him so that we could live free. And, uh, you know, you can look at different things in history if you want to see this, but one of the things that really stands out to me is, is, is the Holocaust. What a terrible thing. And yet Germany still survived. I mean, wouldn't you, just in your natural self, would it just, wouldn't you just wiped them off the planet? Just taking care of them. Say, why didn't God do that? Why did they prosper in the middle of it? Why did their country thrive? 
in the middle of, of Hitler and all that stuff, doing terrible things. It's because sin was already judged in Jesus. And therefore, God's not going around smacking people for what they're doing wrong. But grace has been extended. Mercy has been extended. Say, I've sinned. Join the club. But if you'll call on his name, the Bible says you'll be saved. There's been a substitute for you. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And, and look over with me over here in verse 34. I want to just develop this just, just a little bit, give you something to chew on anyway, besides turkey. <laughs> Matthew 10 and 34, Jesus said, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Now you read scriptures like this, it almost seems like a contradiction to Jesus being the Prince of Peace. He said, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. I thought you did, Lord. But what are we going to do with this? This is the scripture. This is where we've got to understand what God meant, what the prophecy meant when he came, when Jesus came as the Prince of Peace to bring peace on earth. It wasn't talking about between us. It was talking about between us, between us and God the Father. That's who God wanted to make peace between. How many know sometimes when you turn your life over to the Lord, say, I'm living my life for him completely and fully from here on out. There are other people that don't like that. There are other people that get irritated. They think, oh, you're going to turn into a religious freak. Well, I'm also going to be the happiest person around. I'm going to be the nicest person around. I'm going to start prospering more than I've ever been before. I'm going to start, stop getting sick like I've always been before because the blessing of God is upon me now and I have peace with God. He's made peace with me, but I've received it. God only wants to take you up and take you higher, but understand this, sometimes there is a sacrifice. Sometimes there's a thing called persecution. It's called other people don't necessarily want you to live for God. But I've determined it's better to have peace with God than peace with anybody else. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The very fact that you are at right with God at times will cause others to be at odds with you. But I've already made up my mind. I hope you have too. Made up my mind. I'm going to stay with the Lord. How many know today... Oftentimes we're, uh, we're accused, when I say we are, I'm talking about those who've received the Prince of Peace, those who've received the Lord Jesus. We're accused of bigotry and hatred because we don't necessarily condone all actions and all behaviors that anyone wants to get involved with. You know, when people get on TV and they're, they're wanting to promote their particular way of life, and so they'll pull out scriptures about Jesus, and really they don't pull out scriptures, just you know, they just spout and, and say, well, Jesus said that we should love each other. And, and you know, whenever you hear that on television, on a, you know, a interview program, you know, they're about their next breath is they want you to accept their lifestyle. They want you to condone everything that they want to do. And that's why they talk about love. All right. Well, what about the sword? <laughs> you wish the interviewer had enough Bible knowledge, don't you? To say, okay, well, what about the sword? 
What about the sort of division that Jesus also came to bring? You see, peace with God means that, yes, we're filled with his love, but we also have a standard. We also have some, some guidelines, some principles that we'll live by. We will not bend for anyone, for anybody at any time. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, and we'll, we'll, we'll finish up here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Many today have tried to reduce Jesus to a mere positive influence upon mankind. They say we should follow his example, you know, and, and just uh, speak positive about everything. And, uh, but Jesus came to do more than just show us kindness. How many know Jesus came, it says in the Bible, to break down the wall of separation? No more wall. Jesus came to conquer death on our behalf. He came to make a way for us to God so we could stand before him without fear of judgment. It's, praise God, I don't want to just make Jesus a good guy. Now, he was nice. He, he's a good teacher. He, he, he may have even been a prophet. No, I'm going to go ahead with the very words of Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. No one. No one. No one. Let's make him all that he said he was so that we can receive all that he gave us. The moment that we, we, we back off and say, oh, Jesus was just this. He was just this. We limit what we're able to receive. He is the Prince of Peace. He came to give you life and victory over every struggle and temptation that you have in life. You don't have to live addicted. You don't have to live a carnal life where you're constantly unhappy, depressed, subject to all the whims and, and all the turmoil that's in this life. You do not have to live that way. Jesus came, he said in John 10, 10 to give life and to give it more abundantly. Come on, Jesus wants to make you happy. He wants to fill your life to the full, give you a portion of himself, and let you live on it till you get to heaven. And let's settle for nothing less. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. To reconcile simply means to make friendly, to restore friendly relations between. What is Christmas about? What is the Prince of Peace coming to earth all about? It's that God has come to make friends with you. God has come to make peaceful relations with you. Any person on planet earth can today, without doing anything, call on the name of the Lord and they will have peace with God. God wants to be your friend. He's taken away everything that would hinder, everything that would keep you from walking closely with Him. It's all up to us whether we say, yes, I'm going to walk in that and have peace with God, or I'm going to say, no, I'm going to do it on my own. Amen. And some of you think, well, is this, this is kind of an evangelistic message. Well, it can be. 
Yeah, but at the same time, I want to tell you, those who have received Jesus, you've all, you're already saved. It's important that you know that God has made peace with you. He's not angry at you for the things that you've done, the mistakes that you've made even today. Come on now. He loves you with an everlasting love, and it's come through Jesus. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. There's nothing you can do to stand in the way of it. You can't ruin it. The covenant is between God the Father and Jesus. And we slide in on His coattail. Come on now. And we're forever accepted in the Beloved. Never going to be judged. Never going to be held account for the sins we've committed. Come on now. Jesus already took it all away. And if you'll ride on that wave for a while, oh, I tell you what, you'll have a relationship with God that's fun. Not living by religious rules of do's and don'ts. And I've got to measure up. I've got to do a little bit better. I know I never pray enough. I know I never read my Bible enough. I know I never share the love of God with others enough. Quit it! You're okay! If you've received Jesus, He's smiling at you today. He's happy about every time you wake up. There they are. They're awake. I'm glad they're up. He believes you're going to have a good day. Let's go ahead and accept that. What do you say? Oh, glory to God. He wants to lift us up, not tear us down. He's not beating you up for the things you've done wrong. I tell you what. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for life. Thank you for this season, this time that we celebrate. We celebrate Jesus and all that he has done for us. Oh, what a good God you are. Thank you for bringing us peace, prosperity, and abundance. Father, I ask right now, in this special time as we pray, I ask that you would move on the hearts of people here who have never received the Prince of Peace. For those who've not received the forgiveness of their sins. They may believe in you.